Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. Welcome back, my friend. I'm so glad you joined us today. I am going to introduce my guest for this episode. I'm so excited to have you meet Kaylee Wolken. She is a licensed counselor and certified career counselor. She provides online mental health and career counseling to working women to help them overcome uncertainty over who they are and what they do in order to help them move forward in their lives with confidence. Kaylee's unique specialty is integrating career counseling into mental health counseling. She offers online career counseling for adults anywhere in the U.S., as well as online therapy for working women and moms in Michigan and Indiana. And as you're listening to this little brief bio and thinking, ah, career counseling, that's really not for me. I'm an EMDR therapist. I'm a somatic therapist. I'm a trauma therapist. What does career counseling have to do with me? I would just pose a question to you. Think about all of the clients who might talk about things related to their work lives. We hear everything these days from quiet quitting to managing remote work to hybrid work to moms going back to work after having babies, to moms working at home with their babies in daycare, to work stress, to work harassment, all of these issues we deal with with our clients. So I truly believe that career counseling is super important to our work as therapists. And so I'm excited for you all to meet Kaylee. Welcome to the Heart Centered Therapist podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I absolutely love podcasts. And I also just, I, you know, we've talked once before, but I just love your energy and being able to talk to you more about this for people too. So, Oh, thank you. Yes. I love podcasts and I always ask my guests this. So I'm interested in hearing a little about your personal and professional journey to becoming a therapist. I always joke, one of the things that I'll do with clients a lot of times is kind of ask them, you know, what did you want to be when you grew up? Kind of both as a funny kind of like, haha, I wanted to be a, you know, zookeeper and then I became a, a therapist. But it's really interesting because I think our journeys, even as children, start to outline mm-hmm. some of our dreams and hopes. So I actually did want to be a zookeeper when I was a kid. But oh, I, found I love out, that. <laughs> I found out that they worked on Christmas and I just wasn't having that. So I, I uh, switched to wanting to be a veterinarian. And wow. I realized as wanting to be a veterinarian, I actually just wanted to help people who are grieving lost pets. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, I think I might want to go in a different direction. So then oh. I became a therapist. And as I was in my program, I learned about kind of this special group of work in career counseling. And Hmm. I just, I loved it from the moment I met it. I didn't really start to specialize in it until more recently, but 
it was always something that invigorated me when I did hit the chance to work in it. So Right. Oh, yeah. that's, that's super cool. And the pet and animal love is so present. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I great. have a cat in my lap right now. She kind of like walked in while you were talking. So that's like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I love about having clients who have pets is now they, you know, you often see them with their pets on telehealth and mm -hmm. I try to keep a dog friendly office and have dog treats in case somebody wants to bring their, their pet in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, yeah, I always joke with people. I, all of my appointments are done from my home office, but really the only the only like the only background noise you will hear are creatures on four legs, not two. So I <laughs> oh. always warn them that you may hear a cat or a dog, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I love that question of, you know, what did you want to be when you grow up? And then looking at the trajectory. And mm -hmm. so you started to get your education to become a therapist. Yeah. Yep. I got my education at, you know, I probably followed a very traditional track, which is not what I would tell most clients in the career world. Most people mm -hmm. don't go to college, get a degree in one thing and then continue forward with that degree. It's only, it's, it's like 80% of people don't use their degree. So, um, but yeah. I did, I, I did psychology and then I did counseling and I just kind of kept using it moving forward as I went. Um, and so I worked in the same practice for 12 years, 11 years. I always, I always add time, but 11 years. And I loved the people I worked with. I joke that I stayed there because of the people over anything else, because that was a high value to me, which I'm sure I will talk so much about values because I do think they uh, carry so much weight for us as therapists. Like when we're living in those values, it helps us feel the most balanced and the most like we are loving what we do because we're living Absolutely. values. Absolutely. So. Values is, is a huge thing for me. I'm always talking about it. I'm always looking into it. And to look at that in our workplace as therapists is so important. So you were in a practice where you shared the values of the people you worked with and that kept you there. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I went on my own and now I'm doing my own thing. So that's just been a complete shift, but it's been a lot of fun to be able Congratulations. to. Congratulations. Yeah. So now you have your, your own practice and mm -hmm. I know you're licensed in two States and you primarily work with women mm -hmm. um, in your therapy practice. And then you also offer the career counseling, which can be throughout mm -hmm. any state. Yeah. So how did you get into career counseling? So the funny thing is that I, I feel like I stumbled into it. Like I, you are required to do a career counseling class in most university courses. Maybe but, one, um, one, yeah, like one class. career counseling class. But then in my internship, you could, we could join outreach teams. And one of those options was actually a career outreach team where we'd go to the classrooms and talk to students about career choices, help. And we had actually something called a values auction that was a lot of fun to do with students, helping them understand like how work values play into kind of that decision-making. And so I think that's really where it started to set in for me about how fun career work could be with people because of that, you know, you see all of the books, right? You see all of the books of like 
what colors your parachute or, you know, books about the work you love or whatever they're called. And, and I think there's just a huge passion in people of wanting to love what they do so that they don't have to work a day in their life or whatever, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, absolutely. So, right. There's, mm-hmm. and, and some of these books go way back. I, I can yeah. see the titles now. Um, yeah. Do what you love. The money will follow. What colors your yep. parachute? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and just as a, as an aside, when something really hits us, you know, we started talking about values and Kaylee, I was just struck when I was in sixth grade, mm-hmm. we had a class and we had to do a values clarification exercise. And this was a thing that lasted for like a month, one of those projects, right? Yeah. And it still stuck with me. Isn't that I kind of crazy? That. <laughs> that is amazing. That's that is awesome that they did that in your school. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, you know, I think maybe even just grabbing our heads around what is career counseling? Like, it doesn't have to be a definition per se, but I think a lot of people don't really know. Like you said, we just touch on it. So, yeah. So I think of, I think of kind of this idea of blending, um, career. I don't even, I'm going to differentiate between coaching and counseling, because I think there is a big difference between those two and career coaching. That's where we actually typically think of the the skill building, the resume writing, the interview skills, the getting the job. Okay. And career counseling is usually a bigger journey. It's more about the exploration and understanding yourself more. It still includes like a lot of the work that I do still includes a lot of tools. I still Mm -hmm. talk to people about writing good resumes, things like that. But my core focus tends to be that journey piece of let me teach you how to understand what helps you come alive. Let me help you understand the things in your life that matter to you and how we can fit that into the work that you're doing because you're working the vast majority of your life compared to the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. So, yes. yeah, that's a, a beautiful clarification. I had a little bit more probably career education or a bent toward exploring careers with clients because I had rehab counseling training as well as clinical Mm -hmm. mental health counseling. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm actually passionate about talking with you on this subject, but I find Mm -hmm. myself always really exploring careers with clients Mm -hmm. and it, it is so necessary. I think it'd be helpful to maybe describe what your approach would look like because this can be woven in to one's mm-hmm. therapy work, or it could be separate. And we can talk about, you know, your road to getting certified a little down a little later, but maybe what is the approach of working with clients from mm-hmm. career counseling standpoint? Yeah. So my approach with career counseling in general, it, it will depend on, you know, what a person comes with most of the time because I kind of have these two uh, elements. One of them, I will actually work in tandem with a therapist. And so that career work, this may sound funny, but it is more career focused than like a balanced focus. And then people who I'm kind of doing a little bit of both, um, there's still that career exploration, but we may get into kind of understanding like, where is your anxiety? Where are things hard for you? And how do we also care for those parts of you? 
while Mm. helping you find what you love. But to tell you a little bit about what I will typically do is, is I joke, I am not very structured except in career counseling work. I have, my brain has said, Hey, Kaylee, you need to do this a certain way for at least two or three sessions. And then you can go with the flow. What I'll typically do is an intake very similar to a mental health intake, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's career focused. So it'll ask about, you know, career history, even family career history, which can, can actually be pretty important talks about like the, the pressures you may feel or the expectations that may be there from family, things like that. Right. Um, Oh, that's key. Yeah. 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 I love asking clients about what their families did. And Mm -hmm. I always think like, why is that? Yeah. We, as people, you think of like some of the older like theories of counseling and they talk about like operant conditioning and like, we're learning from what we see. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and so if our immediate world, whether it's a parent figure or a sibling or somebody we just look up to, if we're seeing them do something that they love, we're going to be drawn to actually, we're going to first believe that it's what they're doing is what they love. And so we're going to want to do it too, because it must be a good thing to do. Um, And then after that, we'll start to get kind of this, no, maybe I don't love that, but I do know it's possible to love your work. And so there's the one direction that can happen, but the other is, and this is the one I hear more often right now, we'll see people who hate what they do. Mm -hmm. And we play this like, Ooh, I do not want, (laughs) I do not want to do that. I don't want to live my life feeling miserable and just trudging through work every day. And so then we come up in this like avoid it. Like I'm trying to avoid the negative kind of. Right. They want to avoid what they saw that was modeled that, you know, this was a miserable job, but you have to go every day and do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And for them, it's actually like for people who are avoiding, it's painting a picture that there's hope there Mm -hmm. for people who already have the hope. It's actually focusing their, their understanding about themselves a little bit more. And so that's why I say like, it, it kind of depends that intake is so crucial because it determines kind of which direction we need to go from there. Um, sure. yeah. And then we do career tests, things like that. I usually, I joke with people, I'm like, Hey, I'm having you pay for services. Let's find as many free things as possible. So mm-hmm. we usually do a lot of free tests and things like that, that can help them on their way of that discovery. Oh, so, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would imagine that also when we think about what we observed, right, we also will get information about we observed maybe a type of work ethic or energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can definitely like create almost like a a mindset in terms of how you approach your work or a belief that might need to be tweaked a little bit. I think that we tend to adopt other people's values is where that comes into play. We believe that, oh, I need to have a job that does these things for me. And that honestly, like that is not true for most people. We do need to find the jobs that meet our values. Now they may be the same Mm -hmm. as other people, but it's important that we know what ours are. So yes. And to have that sense of worth and credibility, even though it might be different than your family of origin. So we start with this structure of Uh an intake and then there's an assessment period. Yeah. So, so it's about a four session structure and then it can kind of get 
the further out you go, the less structured it becomes because it's based on kind of the needs there. But session one is kind of this intake, gathering a lot of information. And I, I tell my clients, like, this is the one work where I'm going to be assigning homework pretty much after every session, just because mm-hmm. there is that, that exploration research. That's all really important to do in the interim. Um, but after the first session, I'll, I'll send in, I'll actually like send a, a form email or whatever with kind of the instructions for step two, which is take these three assessments, send me the results. And then from there in session two, we'll go over those results. And they, I mean, because they're getting three all at once, it does tend to take the whole time to go over those results. But we talk about, you know, what, which one of these were most helpful for you, which weren't the most helpful. Um, those three assessments are like, one of them is a uh, interest. So think like your strongs interest inventory, but it's a, it's a free one online. Um, a, val- a work values uh, card sort that just helps you kind of get a feel of which workplace values are the most important to you, like mm. achievement or relationships or things like that. And then the third one is the spark type assessment. And that one is, it's fairly new, but it's a really interesting one that talks about workplace roles that you can carry, which I think is really interesting. Yes. And you and I have talked about the, the sparks yeah. type assessment and that one's free also. All three of them are free. Yep. And mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the interest one is on my next move and I can give you all of these links for people. Yes, that would be so great. Easy. Yeah. So it's my next move is the interest one. And then the values card sort is on a website called career one stop, which is just also a great resource for career exploration that I spend a lot of time on. Oh, career one stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and those of you who haven't heard of Sparks type that was created by Jonathan Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course he has an amazing podcast, which yes. the name escapes me now, but it's really all about purpose and life and, oh, the good life, the good life podcast. I Is think. it? Okay. Cause I yeah. think there's actually one called like the spark type podcast. Oh, maybe there's like that, that too. <laughs> yes. And he's an author and mm-hmm. um, really, yeah, I got, I got the book right here on my shelf. Excellent. Excellent. So, Mm -hmm. you know, these things, they just, they kind of come around and they become resources that we can use. So here are some really great free resources. We'll link to those in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can imagine a client takes these assessments, comes back, works with somebody that they trust to kind of unpack it and explore Mm -hmm. what does this mean? And Mm -hmm. then how do we apply it? That that's your next step. Um, mm-hmm. an application process applying yeah. to their career search. Yeah. So then the like sessions three and four are kind of the application. Like in in that third, between session two and three, the homework is to do some research, some more research, but applying the knowledge that you mm-hmm. have now about from those three assessments. So that third session is about, okay, we've started to look at some jobs. Let's talk about how you're feeling about them. A lot of times what will happen is if we look at the results and somebody says, "Mm, none of these feel like a good fit, we're going to start to talk about what those results were. And maybe if we need to even tweak, like even retake the test, like maybe why Mm. they said, you know, yes or no to certain things. Um, I have had clients that have kind of naturally done that. And when they've done it second, the second time around, they've been a little bit more like self-reflective and the results have matched better. Um, so we can have those conversations in that kind of third session, but it is, it's starting to research 
Mm-hmm. Um, what I tell a lot of my clients is in that third session, it's a lot of kind of understanding yourself. And it is really good at that time to start talking to the people in your life who know you. So being able to bring those conversations to people and say, Hey, I just did this. And I found out that I, I do really well in, uh, roles where I get to create, or I do really well in roles that I'm kind of the scientist trying to problem solve. Is that, do you think that's true about me? And, and getting the feedback from others can sometimes be one of the more powerful parts of that process. Yes, absolutely. You know, honestly, it gave me goosebumps when you said that, right? To bring that to other people, because mm-hmm. that too, you know, is such a risk for the person and can yeah. have tremendous, you know, impact mm-hmm. on them getting that mm-hmm. feedback. Um, you know, hopefully it's positive, but it's also such a vulnerable ask. Yeah. And so you can see how related to therapy, this work is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like we, it is some training, like some, mm-hmm. some ability to kind of communicate and talk about what those vulnerable moments feel like. And um, it is talking to the people that we trust too, which I think is yeah. so important to understand. It's not, you know, if you do have a parent who said, go to college, because you're just supposed to go to college. And then you go to your parent and you say, well, I've been thinking about, you know, this one field and it only requires, you know, a specialty degree. All of a sudden you're getting pushback from the parents' values or their, their expectations. So Mm -hmm. making sure that you're also talking through who are some people you can run this by that will be good sources of feedback for you. So, yes, that's, that's a great example. And, you know, it, it reminds us to, broaden our support system or look at the, you know, the range of supports that we have in our life. Again, super important on a therapeutic level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Um, And I think like, and then I I will say like the last piece of skill building, I always say um, it, it, feels like a lot of stuff that I teach that I, my brain goes, oh, that's stuff that you can read on, <laughs> on the <laughs> blog, which you probably can. I'm sure I think I've written blog posts about like skill building. But I think that the, the point, even in the skill building for mental health, is it's helping you work through insecurity mm-hmm. and self-consciousness. And that is another part of that mental health journey that I think comes into play with career work because so much of us have anxiety when it comes to job searching and putting our best foot forward that even I, I even find in that last piece of skill building, it's how do we talk about you in a way that really highlights the things that matter to you and Mm -hmm. brings that life back to you. So, yeah. Such an important point. What's an example of a skill? I I mean, I think you're hinting at it. Like one might be presenting yourself during an interview, talking about your strengths, highlighting positive, you know, abilities that you can bring, but Mm -hmm. like specifically, what are some of these skills? So they, they tend to be like what you expect, like resume writing, interviewing, you know, letter writing, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. I think a lot of times where I see the most, uh, does a lot of people actually are pretty, pretty good at the basics of something like resume writing. Mm-hmm. What I find to be kind of those aha moments, I don't know if that's the right way to call it, but um, is when we start talking about interviews, about how they are allowed to also approach that interview with a sense of, is this right for me? 
instead of just approaching it as Mm -hmm. hey are they gonna accept me it's more I this is important to me too right yeah they're interviewing the the interviewer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes and really uh, again giving them permission that you know you deserve to find something that's going to be a good fit. That's going to be aligned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're looking for meaningful, fulfilling work. Yeah, we are. I truly believe we all want to be doing something that we feel has some purpose to it. You yes. Know? And Kaylee, I know you are. And I just have to say this for the listener, because I wish they could, could see your energy. Like you <laughs> smile when you talk and it yeah. is just so wonderful. And you know, I feel so connected to you and it's also just your love and interest and excitement in this work. Mm-hmm. It's really great. It's, it's thank you. I, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say to that? <laughs> well, part of that I think is because I can tell like being a therapist is mm-hmm. a great thing for you. You enjoy it. We're mm-hmm. talking, we both love being therapists and mm-hmm. you explained that there are also these professional identity mm-hmm. roles that you yep. have seen through your work in a career counseling role that you've been able to apply these professional identity roles to a therapist. Mm-hmm. I think our listeners would be so interested in that. Like I can sort of rattle off what you mentioned to me, but ad- we sometimes are an advocate therapist, an advisor therapist, mm-hmm. a researcher therapist, a companion mm-hmm. therapist. Mm-hmm. What is this all about? Yeah. So some of this, like, I think, and I'm pulling some of this even from like the, what I know about spark tape and I want mm-hmm. little disclaimer. Like I know that there are like certifications to be like a certified spark type person. I'm not one of them. I just read a lot. <laughs> um, right. So, but I, I think like one of the things that I, like, if you go through that quiz online, they use a phrase often that is something like, when I'm doing blank, it's like I'm doing the work I'm meant to do. Mm. And I think the beautiful thing about being a counselor in this field is that we can take on so many different roles in a client's life. And we don't have to just be an advisor. So Mm. an advisor would be someone who I think that their definition is like, I like they love to see people soar or something like that. Like they, they're like the, I'm going to, I'm going to like give you the tools, but then I'm going to like, let you leave the nest and you're going to soar. And I'm going to be really excited when that happens for you. And then an advocate therapist is going to be somebody who is kind of the voice for somebody who who's voiceless. And they're going to step in and say, I, I want to do this work with you and I'm going to empower you and find ways that I can also step up and show you that you matter too. And so as you, as you step into these different roles, and I think, I can't remember what they call them in, because I know they're not researcher and companion, but I think it's like scientist is one of the like, like the researcher one. Right. Um, and I, I know. So a scientist that. therapist could be like maybe one who's, who's more about like the neurobiology and neuroscience. And yep. they're the, they're the like problem solvers, problem so solvers. very oh, solution okay. focused. Like, let me help you figure this out. And then companion, I think is kind of like the, I want to say it's like the warrior kind of mode of warrior is like a leader. I'm going to, I'm going to actually be kind of going at, it's not going ahead of you in terms of, I'm going to leave you behind, but mm-hmm. I'm going to forge this path so mm-hmm. that you can get through this. 
But the beautiful thing is that we can take on, I mean, there's, I forget how many right now, but there are several roles in there and we can take on any of them in any work that we do. Mm. And when we're in those roles and we're living true to them, we're going to be the most energized. I think the way that they talk about it is we're most energized by our primary role. And there's something called a anti spark type. We're we're kind of drained by that one. So mm-hmm. oddly enough, oh, right. my primary role is an advisor and my anti role is an advocate. So I will always oh. be the person <laughs> who comes alongside and loves to see you soar. But if you ask me to step in and be the voice for the voiceless, I'm going to have a really hard time doing it. <laughs> so, and it's not that you can't do it. It's that that right. will be where your energy is pulled away the most. Yes. So I always like to clarify that piece because I don't want people saying, well, I can't be an advocate. Like I'm an advocate all the time. I just know my energy is going to be used Mm -hmm. more. Well, and going back to the beginning with your initial dream of like veterinarian working Mm -hmm. with with animals, Mm -hmm. right? But then it would be a lot harder to be an advisor role with them. And so instead you work with humans, which it really makes sense. We can think also therapists are also leaders. They're leaders Mm -hmm. in their communities, maybe in in their work and in their fields. And all of this, again, gets rolled into there. It's it's important to look at what, you know, what is your strength or what is your type or, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. kind of model that you adhere to, Mm -hmm. right? We could look at strengths finder and do the same thing. We could look at via character traits and do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's really trying to know yourself and, you know, use those energies. Yeah. I, I think that like, or yeah, I, I am such a metaphor person. And of course, right. And this moment, my brain goes, Hey, you had a metaphor, but you're going to lose it now. Um, but I think of like how we really need a bunch of different functions within a system mm-hmm. for it to truly work well. And so we can't, you know, like a car, we can't have every single part of a car, you know, be, engine related we need wheels that just turn or we need you know the brakes that stop it but it's so important I don't know why I came up with a car metaphor but (laughs) you know whatever but like we as therapists like we do need all of the different working elements Mm -hmm. for us as a as a as a collective unit of helpers to be serving people in the best ways yes yes that's 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 really well put it, it leads me to this, this other thought. And as you talk about like integrating the career counseling into mm-hmm. your work and the, the meaning that you've derived, because you do see people get results or, mm-hmm. you know, you see people soar in their own mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, you know, it takes a lot, a little to a lot longer in our therapy work to mm-hmm. see some of these results. And it's so easy for therapists to get overwhelmed and overburdened and, and kind of burnt out. And so I'm wondering, do you feel like adding the career counseling in has mm-hmm. helped you like manage the burnout or maybe prevent it a little bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it has because it's the work that I love. I, I was just thinking <laughs> about this. I actually had, um, I had a client, a career client cancel on me because life, but you, you know, you're doing something that you love 
when you get paid like a no-show fee and you're really sad because you actually wanted to see the person kind of thing. Um, Bingo. That's amazing. It's so funny, but I was just like, oh, like I, I, I just want to see them. Like, can I just see them? Um, wow. But Kaylee, yeah, you know that's awesome. That, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, I mean, that's a great example because, you know, a burnt out therapist would be like, oh, I got a cancellation. Oh, you yeah. know, like, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's just not too much left, but you're yeah. saying, I have all of this to give mm-hmm. and to share. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, I am, and, and you may tell this by the video, but I am definitely an extrovert. So therapy typically <laughs> drains me and, because it's that one-on-one work. Yeah. And I have the exact opposite response to the career work. I'm like, oh, it's nine o'clock at night. And I just want to stay up for another two hours. And I know I shouldn't, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, I think that like energy to me, energy is so much about like, if you're doing something that you love, it will Mm -hmm. energize. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I imagine your career, not to make a huge generalization, but because you give homework, because there's so Mm -hmm. much active participation, your Mm -hmm. career clients are motivated maybe a little bit more, or Mm -hmm. at least kind of like in the present, you're, Mm -hmm. you're really, really engaged and that can energize you. And sometimes, you know, for very good reason, our therapy clients are struggling with depression or anxiety, Mm -hmm. trauma, all all kinds of things where it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's a big step to just come to therapy and, and the engagement takes time. So again, you are describing, I know myself well, I'm an extrovert and this particular type of work Mm -hmm. is so aligned for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, um, this is a slight tangent. Um, That's cool. But I, I have, um, one of the things that I do with clients and it tends to be, (laughs) tends to show up in both the career work and the counseling work. So it, it shows up, um, pretty much everywhere is this energy kind of focus. I learned a version from a friend and then I ended up translating it. So I'm not sure if it's hers or mine or a blend of the two, but it's this idea that we have things in our life that give us energy, take away energy and kind of our neutral energy. Mm -hmm. And she taught me to think about it like a stoplight, like the good things that are green light activities, the red things are the draining activities and then the yellow are kind of neutral Hmm. activities. But if we can put it in the form of a stoplight, we can actually start to structure our day in stoplight rules. Like I always tell my clients, like if you go straight from a green to a red, there's going to be accidents. Like you don't want to go from something you love. That's got all the energy to a full stop because one, you won't want to do it. And two, it will just feel so drastic that you'll actually lose energy in the process. So there's this like neutral, like yellow, maybe you go get a drink of water, whatever it is. But on the flip side, when you're doing something you that has sapped your energy, Mm -hmm. you do something green right after just like a green light gets you going like you do a green activity. And I use this in everything because what I found is even in the work, when clients are coming, and maybe they're coming for mental health, but it's because they're unhappy in their job. One of the things that we talk about is Tell me what your work schedule looks like. Do Mm -hmm. you have eight meetings in a day and you hate meetings? Those are probably eight red lights that you're hitting in that day. So are there any ways that we can put some greens in there 
move some meetings to a different day that have greens or something like that. Because, you know, similarly, if you're driving mm-hmm. to work and you hit eight red lights, you're just going to be right. like, oh my gosh, because I please hit a green. Yes. But if you see all green lights, you feel great. And so it's yeah. finding that balance too of like mm-hmm. green to red. So anyway, mm-hmm. I, I love that little like exercise in any field and so that's, that that's, uh, thank you, Kaylee. That's yeah. beautiful. I know we can take that into our personal lives as well yes. as our, yes. our work lives. That's great. Yeah. I'm very excited to learn more about career counseling from talking with you. Yeah. You got your certification. Maybe yeah. tell everyone like how, if somebody's interested, because I mean, yeah. To me, this is super interesting. I hope it's super interesting to others. How could you go and get certified as a career counselor and how hard is it? I actually think it's fairly easy, but then I, I like studying. This is so your passion. Is, if you're I like, like Kaylee, it's, yeah, yeah, I, I, the smart type technique, you have a backup and my backup is the sage and the sage loves learning. So it's like, it's one of the things where I, I probably have a bias that I, I love it because of part of my roles. But um, there are a couple of organizations that provide different kinds of certifications for being Mm -hmm. a career counselor. I cannot speak to all of them, but I'll speak to the one that I followed, which is the National Career Development Association. They have a certification for career counselors and they have several actually. So they have some certifications for people who haven't gotten a counseling license, but they want to be a career services provider. And so learning a lot of the same skills, just don't have that counselor title at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have a certified career counselor. That's somebody who's been licensed as a counselor. And now they also have a career certification. Um, And then you can do that through that national organization. Yes. Yes, exactly. And then there's some others, like there are kind of instructional certifications and things like that, but all of the information is on like the ncda.org website. Um, But what I had to do is I took a, it's been a little while, I think it was a 12 week course, which really it was kind of self-directed. There's a, there was a professor who you were actually connecting with either every week or every other week on video chats and you were going Mm -hmm. over homework, kind of like a college class. And it's between a 12 and 16 week course actually, because you can you can go through it all kind of at your pace, but most professors will do somewhere in the 12 to 16 week range. Think of it like a college crash course in career development. You go through theories, ethics, oh goodness, cultural competency, assessment. It's really a crash course. It's about, I think you end up getting 120 credit, continuing education credits for doing it. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) It's a lot. And then when anyone you're done, needs CEUs, it's a great yeah, way to do it. Anyone needs CEUs, it's fantastic. And then you get done, and every three years, you basically have to renew it like you would renew a license. Okay. Um, you have to have 60 hours in that, th- so 20 hours a year of career based education um, mm-hmm. or continuing education. And I'm trying to think if I've skipped over anything. Yeah. You do, yes, you do have to take an exam. I was like, I'm missing something important. <laughs> you do have to take an exam. It's kind of, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a well, vignettes and answering kind of what you would do in each scenario. Right. 
but I did take that exam from the comfort of my home. So that was nice. I didn't That's have to great. go in somewhere. So we therapists are used mm-hmm. to taking a lot of exams. To, <laughs> yeah, I know. To get licensed. So yeah. what's one more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so, yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so it sounds doable. It sounds like it's not an extensive amount of time if somebody's mm-hmm. interested. Kaylee has a great website, which we'll, we'll link to as well, just so you can see how she sets up her offerings. And of course, anyone who's interested in career counseling, right, mm-hmm. who's listened to this can reach out yeah. to her. You know, I guess we talked a little bit. I always want to know about self-care because that's part of my, my mission here in promoting good self-care. And mm-hmm. We talked about it a little bit with the, like the, the meetings and the mm-hmm. reading lights. Do you find that people ask about self-care or are concerned mm-hmm. when they approach you as career counseling clients about finding work where there will there will be a better balance of self-care with mm-hmm. their professional lives? Like does that even come up? Yes, it, it comes up all the time. It comes up in the I'm burnt out kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. And it also comes up in the I'm just not loving what I'm doing. And I feel anxiety going to work. Okay. That's, you'll hear it kind of in the anxiety showing up a lot of times. So yeah, we yeah. do a lot of talk about self care and balance. Boundaries is a big one with work too, because a lot of times when people are working from home, they'll you know, be checking email at eight o'clock at night. And, and please hear me. I am totally a culprit of responding to messages at the wrong times of night. (laughs) I am fully aware of that. I don't feel the burnout in that. So I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. So you're happy to do it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this is just super helpful because we need to know that boundaries, balance, self-care, These are the very same things that you work with as a therapist. And if you're at all interested, right, in expanding into a niche that may be of interest to you. And right now, we know 100% in in our world, in the state of our world, in the economy and the state of jobs, there's a huge need for people to explore and find jobs that are sustainable for them financially, Mm -hmm. but especially, you know, emotionally, professionally, meaningfully, spiritually, all of those things, mm-hmm. because that's what we see every time you you get a, a headline, right? From the Washington mm-hmm. Post or the Guardian or something, the Atlantic writes a lot about what is going on in the world of work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like one thing I will say too, because I think you've kind of mentioned this, but I also like a big part of what I love to do is help like therapists. Mm-hmm. in this field too. And it's, it does come up in terms of like helping therapists with their clients doing some of that coordination, but even help, like, I'm just, I like to help people. <laughs> I'm a therapist, but like, I also just like to give people the tools. And so part of it right. is even like having those conversations with therapists about like how, like you kind of, kind of mm-hmm. said, like integrating all of this. Yes. Yes. And, um, I, I really appreciate you offering that. And I think, I mean, we could, we could have you back for another discussion <laughs> just from what you started talking about being able to work at a counseling mm-hmm. place, group agency, what, whatever it was for mm-hmm. 11 plus years mm-hmm. and the, the type of people and values and leadership that you experienced, mm-hmm. right? Like 
so many therapists want to know how to create that or how to seek that when they're looking for a job. We look at all these Facebook groups and people are asking, should I take this job at this agency or this community mental health? And it's really important to know at a deeper level, right? Mm -hmm. Like where our identity aligns or does not with, Mm -hmm. you know, another organization. We've had such a great discussion today, Kaylee. I'm I'm excited to explore a little bit more about career work and we're going to link all of your resources in the show notes. And I do, ha- I'll definitely get those other resources for yep, the free assessments. I encourage everyone to do that and be really interesting. Send, send me a note. I'm always looking for things that people find helpful or not helpful. Or if you, if you want to tell me what you wanted to be when you grow up, since we talked about that (laughs) at the beginning, I would love to know that too. So I just really want to acknowledge you, Kaylee, for the amazing work you're doing with all of your clients and the passion you bring to our field. We need that so much and you really exemplify that. And so it's been such a pleasure to have you here. I always ask this as a final question. What is your definition of a heart-centered therapist? It's going to be about energy. Like I think that a heart-centered therapist like is somebody who is being true to the things that energize them and is finding that balance of like, we still got to do hard things, Mm -hmm. but it's being able to recognize like how we balance that energy and, and loving ourselves well in that. That's so great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much, Cindy. It was so nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.